Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. We will be talking about the contents of our mind, mouth, attitude, and life actions, and how these are the staples to further understand our authority in God's kingdom. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. Take your time and do what God tells you to do. You want to say something first, lady? She told me, she goes, I love to be behind the scenes. I love it. But some, some, we just want to hear you say hello. Say hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> no, we're so excited about this transition, y'all. It's been a long time coming. And, I mean, we're just excited. And we've been truly blessed uh, thus far. Continue. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody in here. Yeah, guys, uh, just real quick, if you are Freedom City, can you just stand real quick, y'all? We don't typically do this, but stand up for us. And so I, I, I want to have all you all stand um, just so that you all can see, the Love Church can see uh, who we are. And we're not all here, but we're here in spirit for sure. But we're honoring all of you all and uh, Pastor Lisa and Pastor Scott, just for the generosity, but the entire family. So we want to say thank you to all of you guys. So thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for standing. Oh, man, God is so good. You guys see I'm hoarse because I will just lose it in worship. Um, man, so I don't even know where to start. God has just been so good to us. So excited to be in front of you all. Uh, I believe there is a word from the Lord. And uh, I want to kind of navigate that word as well as, uh, man, like I said, just bring so much honor to your leaders here. Uh, do you all love your leaders? Oh, yes. Come on, can we give God another praise for them? And the worship team and everybody. And so we come here on Tuesdays and uh, Scott and or TJ is here. And they're just so gracious and helping us with sound and everything. So, I mean, it's just like it's a big old family. But let me tell you how I met the Davisons first real quick, and then we're going to get into the word. Um, so we had like this pastor's gathering, um, and it was at their house, and uh, I just remember being in the kitchen, and I see this powerful woman, a guy, that was unique because she had like this whole sleeve, like tattoo sleeve, and I said, that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Who is this? That's the coolest thing. And I said, I said something like, what did I say? I said, like, it's cool or something like that. I said, like, tell me the story on that or whatever, but we had a conversation about it, but the unique part about, to me, Pastor Lisa and Pastor Scott is they do stand out in their unique style, but the anointing on them is so strong, and their heart for people is so genuine, amen, in here, and so uh, we just felt at home right away. I went back home and told my wife, I said, you got to meet these two. This is crazy. I love them already. I could be just, I don't know, but anyway, it's mutual. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, let's do this real quick because I believe there's a word. Let's go to Genesis 8. We're going to read. We're going to flow. We're going to just pray. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Mm. So Genesis 8, 22. So I was in prayer just about this entire season of our lives, guys. And um, my voice is going on, guys. Please bear with me. <laughs> I was in prayer about this entire season of our lives. Uh, and just what God is doing with us individually and corporately, right? And in prayer repeatedly, one of those things that the Lord is saying is that there is a shift that God is doing, right? There's this shift that's happening, again, uniquely to us as individuals, but also corporately. There's something happening in the body of Christ where he's taking us deeper, amen, where God is bringing us into more depths of his intimacy, and so I want to talk about that today. And one of the words that the Lord gave me was that this is truly a harvest season. Whew. This is truly a harvest season for the people of God. And we're going to get into what that means. So Genesis 8 and 22, really simple. We're going to jump around. Tammy, I just love you so much. Thank you for everything. Um, and then we're going to pray. So Genesis 8, 22 says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Father, we thank you for your word. 
Thank you for your presence being in this place. Let your word bring life to us. Unify us now. Be glorified in everything that we do. For it all, we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, we all say it. So this passage of scripture, I'm trying to stay centered. Like, I walk, guys. I, is it okay to walk? It's okay. Oh, there it is. Just getting to know. I don't know. This passage of scripture, um, what's actually happening is uh, there was just a flood. And in that flood, um, the Lord was, uh, the Bible says that Noah gave a sacrifice unto God. And then God said in his heart, I'll never do to the earth again what I just did. And so that's where this picks up. He's saying, I'll never uh, kill everything the same fashion I just did. I'll never flood the earth like I did. And so I just want to give us context in Genesis 8.22. That's where this picks up. Uh, let me see. Here's the principle at play that I want to tell you guys about. The principle at play is there is always seed time and harvest. There is always a time where you're planting and preparing and as sure as that season comes about, there is always a time of harvest where that seed that has been planted is now germinating and the fruit is coming forth. And I'm telling you with everything in me that that season of fruit is here today. In Jesus' name, I'm excited about it. If I take off running, y'all, I'll come back. Okay? Hmm. It's important to know that seasons, when they come, they do not repent. If it's a season of blessing in your life, hear me when I tell you, the Lord's not going to feel bad for blessing you. Amen. When it's time for the Lord to bring you forward, he's not passive about that. When it's time for the Lord to add increase, he's not kind of just gingerly trying to introduce it into your life. Help me with this. No matter how the enemy feels about it, you're blessed. No matter how you wake up feeling, you're blessed. God is adding increase. God is adding promotion in this season. Help me. God is giving us more of his spirit in this season, but this season isn't like this kind of fly-by-night season. There was a preparation taking place. Has anybody ever been in that season where God is just refining you? Know what that is? Where he's just, he's just kind of challenging you in areas and confronting you in areas, wanting you to get rid of some things, wanting you to take on some things. And it's so important to realize that when that season comes, as sure as that season is, there the season of increase is following right behind it. There's a scripture that says it like this, and we'll get into a couple of them. But one season says, weeping may endure for a night. Oh, come on, preachers in here. I hear you. Somebody back there said, but joy. <laughs> but joy comes in the morning. Let me tell you what that means. It means if you made it through it through last season, if you survived the tears, if you believed in spite of what it looked like, if you had to fight to protect your peace in your home, if you had to forgive even when you didn't want to, am I helping anybody? Hmm. If we can go to Matthew 6, I'll tell you, seed time is a very important time of our life, that time of preparation. Increase doesn't come about unless you've done something before. I'll tell you this, the truth of the matter is that, that seed time is a very unattractive season. Can I say it like that? It's not appealing because all the things that are happening are happening underground. Everything that's happening is happening in the dark. Everything that God is preparing you for, no one knows about. Ugh. Everything that he's doing, he's doing it in the prayer closet. See, time is a very necessary time, but it's a time that's so unappealing to others. But it is the fuel of the season that we're in now. Amen. The reason why we can have boldness, I'm just excited, y'all. I feel it in here. The reason why we can have boldness and the reason why we can have expectancy is because God was faithful last season. We sought him last season. Come on in here. We believed on him then, and so we can expect him now. We believed in the seed, so we can expect the fruit. Amen. I love it. I hear you preaching back to me. I love it. Come on. Say it. 
So listen to this, uh, Matthew 6, 3 and 4, and I'll try to get through this. It says, and I just want to give you just some kind of context to the things that are done in the dark and then the things uh, uh, that come to the light. It says, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse 4 says that charitable deed may be in secret. Can I show you what that means? That means like when you do a charitable deed, come up here real quick, baby, for me. It's like our charitable deeds shouldn't look like this. <laughs> Feeding the hungry again, everybody. <laughs> you know how I do. But it's <laughs> talks about our charitable deeds being done in secret. And listen to this. And your father who sees in secret, let's read this very slowly. It says, will himself reward you openly? Can I tell you the blessing that's taken place isn't attributed to anybody else. Though God may use man, it is him doing it. Oh, amen. See, you wonder, you see the promotion on your job or you see increase happening in your finances or just whatever it is, even health in your body. You know what? As, as, as gracious as we are to the trainer, it doesn't belong to the trainer. As gracious as we are to our supervisors, it's not them. Bible tells us that it's God who rewards us himself openly. Can I tell you what's so awesome about openly? That means people are watching you getting blessed. <laughs> Amen. And that means a couple things. Whoa. I'll go with it. That means a couple things. One of the things that means is you have to be okay with being blessed in public. Amen. The reason why the Lord does it is, 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 I'm sure it's a million reasons, but one of the reasons is not to cause this jealousy, aha, I got it, you don't. It's actually to get them enticed to come to him themselves. Amen. And so when that season of blessing comes, it's almost like if I get you um, some type of gift uh, that you wear, like a tie or a necklace or a ring, when I give it to you, I don't expect you to take it and do this. What I've given you, I expect you to wear. And the season that God has us in, I'm telling you, he expects us to wear the blessing confidently, knowing that what it's doing is it's actually drawing other people to him. Amen. It's drawing us in. It's drawing us in deeper to him. When I see how God has blessed you, what I should say is I can be the same person. I can get the same thing from him. God is no respecter of persons. Amen. And so we're talking about seed time. And, and uh, one of the things that I want to let you know is there is a season, if we can catch it, there's a season where you have to forgive and no one sees. It's in the dark. There's a season, again, I'll say, where you cry and no one knows. That season where you have to believe on God if we've been in church for any amount of time, sometimes you come to church and it's, it's almost systematic, but you're believing for God for something that you may not be showing. Has anybody ever came to church with personal battles going on? Amen. And then people ask you, how you doing? Blessed. How are you? Just that beautiful smile that you got. But you're believing for some things. You're believing for your son or daughter to be saved. Amen. You're believing for your body to be healed. And, and, and when people ask you, you can kind of gauge that they don't really want the whole story because if they see you slow up, they get kind of weird about it. Like, how are you doing? Well, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Didn't think you were going to take it. Th no, I'm just playing. Um, there's a season when you prepare and no one takes notice. But that season is the most important season. That is the season where we're digging into who God really is. That is the season where we get intimate with him. And that season is always the season that, that is preparing us and setting us up for a release. Deeper into him. More of his spirit. More increase. More access. But this season now isn't sustained with anything else but the season in secret. Proverbs 
Six. It's all flowing out now, Tammy. Tammy asked me, guys, like, no, you're doing great. She asked me for the scriptures, and I was just like, well, I don't know. And now I'm just like, eh, 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 eh. So, thank you, Tammy. Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 8. Are you guys doing okay? Amen. Mm. So, we're talking about preparation, and this is something I've been talking to Freedom City about, um, preparation and how serious preparation is. Um, it's, it's, it's a principle of God. It's what he's all about. It's, again, it's what sustained us in increase. It's preparation. I love it. Proverbs 6 talks about the ant. says, go to the ant. This, this proverb, uh, I guess Solomon's just going off on somebody. He says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides herself in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. There's a season that the ant prepared, according to this proverb, with no captain, with no cheerleader, with not a group. Amen, somebody, and help me. There's a season where you have to make up in your mind that whether you have a cheerleader or not, I have to prepare. There's a season that you, you have to make up your mind that whether best friend comes or not, I have to go. I got to go deeper in God. I want them to come, but I got to prepare now because God is drawing me deeper in him. Amen, anybody in here? There's a season where we make up our mind. We would love for 100 people to come, but if they don't, we still have to make up our mind and go forward in God. And so the proverb tells us to consider the ant, which means if I don't have a cheerleader, if I don't have a preacher, I'm going to find some closet somewhere and lay down before God. Mm. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Can I just give us just some, some like real quick, just little headliner points? Listen to this. Panic belongs to the unprepared. Panic belongs to the unprepared which means there's a certain confidence that you have to take on knowing that you have heard from God and you've done everything that he's asked. So no matter what happens, there's no need to panic because now it's on him. God, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, whatever people are saying, whatever I may be saying to myself, it's on you. I'm not going to panic because I prepared. I trusted in you. Right. That that preparation isn't like this man, man's wisdom preparation. It is believing on God. God, I've sought you and you're going to take it from here. Amen. And so when panic. I don't want to sound mean, but when panic is a little justified. It's when you haven't sought him. Right now, watch this. There's no condemnation. There's an opportunity. So if you haven't, we can do it now. Amen. And so it should encourage you that if I haven't sought him, and there are things kind of unraveling, now's my opportunity to let him take control of the wheel. Amen. I heard the baby back there say, amen. That's right, baby. I love it. We love you, Jesus. Mm. So um, I'm just going to read some of this to you. The principle that the Lord established in Genesis 8, we just read a seed time and harvest, which means if you do what he asks in one season, listen to this. You have the right to have bold expectancy in the next. Bold expectancy. God, I have a boldness when it comes to my healing. I have a boldness when it comes to my marriage being restored. I have a boldness when it comes to the addiction breaking off of my life. I can't do it. I've tried a million times, but you can do it. Amen in here. You can do it, and you will do it. I say this all the time. I say that, that the way we walk it out, I've actually heard uh, Anton say this. It's, it's not our responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's not our responsibility. It's our ability to respond. It's our responsibility. Amen. Mm. Listen to this. Jesus was invited to a wedding and the host was in a panic because 
he ran out of wine. And Mary offered some just some great insight on how to avoid panic. And we can take it for today and we can use it. Listen to this, John 2 and 5. Here's how you avoid panic. Mary says, whatever he says to you, Whatever he says, just do it. The ultimate way to avoid panic and, and, and sudden fear and just worry, they ran out of wine and he was just like, okay, this can't happen midway through the wedding. This, this, this just can't happen. And so Mary gives us insight. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. And I wonder today, what is he telling you personally? how we avoid fear, how we avoid distraction, how we avoid condemnation and guilt and all those things that try to weigh us down and frustrate us and divert us from the attention that we're supposed to be paying to the Lord. How? How do we avoid those things? Just do whatever he says. Has God been speaking to anybody? Right? Has he been telling you some things just like, you know what? I can't start to pursue that even deeper, even more. Amen. Whatever he says do, do it do it. Matthew 25. Is this blessing anybody? Just so glad to be here with you guys. Matthew 25. Um, I'm going to kind of be picking around in verse 1 through 9. And it's the story of the, the 10 virgins. Right? It's a parable that Jesus was telling. Thank you, Father. In this story, oh, this is, so, this is so good. In this story, what's being explained is that the, these ten virgins are going to see the bridegroom. And in order to see him, they're preparing themselves. Catch this, please. They're preparing themselves with lamps and for the wise with oil. Right? So five, the Bible says, are foolish and then five are wise. And the difference between the foolish and the wise was the oil. It was only the oil. So let me say this. So in these times, these lamps that they had, it was kind of two types. One was like clay pottery, and you could hold it like this. Sometimes they would build like a leather strap on it where you could hold it like this. Uh, but the lamp was everything outward. Everything outward. The lamp. And from the look of it, everybody's the same. From the look of it, right, that outward lamp, oh, oh, everyone's the same. Everyone's prepared. <laughs> everyone's ready. Everyone wants Jesus. Right, from the look of it. Now, the oil that they carry, they usually carried it in like this leather satchel kind of thing that was closer to their person, to where if you've seen them, you couldn't tell if they had it or not. And so the thing that made the difference is what you couldn't see. <laughs> the thing that made the difference is what you couldn't see. See, it's really easy to carry that lamp, right? And we all look the same. And we all look just as qualified. And there are seasons in our life where everybody has a lamp and you cannot differentiate between those who have oil and those who don't. And watch this. And you're not even supposed to. That's not your job. And so what happens is this. So what happens is the Bible says that the groom delayed. And so the, yeah. And so um, the virgins fell asleep, all ten. Bible says in the midnight hour, Kim, all of the sudden, the question is not who has a lamp. In the midnight hour, the question is who has oil. See, that midnight represents something that came abruptly, something that happened that we weren't prepared for because all of a sudden they have to wake up and move quickly. I wonder if you ever had a situation in your life where something just happened abruptly 
and, and, and knowing church songs that we love to sing isn't enough. Do you have oil? Oh. It's not enough. It's not enough to just, to, to just have the look of it, right? Oh, I have a lamp. Right? I have a lamp. I fit in because I have a lamp. But no, the question is, do you have oil? What is the oil? The oil is what sets the lamp on fire. We can have a church. Everybody sees the church. But is there something in the church that's setting it on fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, I'll tell you, we, we can, and I don't, I don't want any of us to ever get caught up in this. We can recite scripture, and it sounds so cool because we memorized it. And the pastor says, and then we can finish it. Uh, but do you have oil? Because it's not the lamp that's going to save you. Oh, man. It's the oil. We love you, Father. So this is the season that we're in. And mm, let me just kind of read through this. It says um, five of the virgins uh, were considered wise because along with their lamps outward, they also carried oil something closer to their person, unseen. They prepared. The foolish virgins were considered foolish because outwardly they looked just as the prepared did. They looked just as authorized. They had their lamps. But again, the difference isn't the lamps, it's the oil. Mm. <laughs> oh, we love you, Jesus. Can I tell you that the difference, the outward difference, it's not ethnicity. Let's just go on down the street. It's not gender. We're trying to make a determining factor between lamps, and it's not there. The question is, when midnight comes, do you have oil? And I'll tell you something. Whether you're white or black, whether you're male or female, whether you're 100 or 10 years old, if you have oil, I need you. In the midnight hour, if you can connect me to Jesus, it doesn't matter. Wait a minute, wait, let's check the lamp. What, what denomination are you again? Because I grew up a different way. Right, it, just really, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter because when midnight comes, guys, do you have oil? Do you have oil? I'll tell you that that oil brings about a boldness and a confidence Midnight came for both the wise and the foolish. But only a group of them panicked. Midnight came for, for the wise and the foolish versions, but there was a group of them that just stood right in the middle of midnight, just like, there you go, right, said, all right, that's it. And then there, there was others that, that all of a sudden panicked. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you this. The reason why the heart of the Lord is pulling on you, calling on you, wooing you, beckoning you is because he wants to impart his spirit. He wants to give you reason to have boldness and confidence. It's bigger than the lamp. It's bigger than your gifts and talents. I want you to have an assurance that no matter what time of the day, that no matter what you go through, no matter what happens, there's a boldness that you have. Because you know the Lord has prepared you. You know the Lord has rooted you. That he himself is your anchor. Whew. And we walk through, right? We walk through just like, just like the ant who doesn't panic in the wintertime because he prepared. Hmm. A little bit more, guys. I'm almost done here. Thank, thank you all. Mm. Bless you, Jesus. So watch this. It's so it's this, this it, we got to get into it right here. Matthew twenty-five and eight. Oof. I don't even want to go down the street, but I'm going already. It's one way I can't turn around. And the foolish Matthew twenty-five and twenty-eight says, "And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil.' You, you guys mind if I scream a little bit? All right. 
I'm getting comfortable now. That's what it is. Bring the speaker back. Okay, yeah. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Oh, man. The interesting part about it is they had access to the same oil that the wise did last season. But now, now you want oil. Oh, oh my goodness. And let's just kind of see what happens after that. It gets kind of, gets a little spicy down here. Mm. They said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Listen to this real quick. Be careful in your harvest season because people who have avoided preparation will skip over your process and want your product. Oh, my goodness. Be careful in that harvest season because people who have avoided preparation will skip over your process and want your product. I don't want what you went through. I just want the oil that came from it. I don't want the crushing. I don't want the refining. I don't want the tears. I don't want any of that. But I want the power that comes from it. Yeah, because there's a season, right? And, and the reason why I believe that, that the Lord is encouraging us to have wisdom in this season is because if you have a heart, anything like mine, and I know we all do, you'll give your oil away. But the Lord cautions against that. He cautions against that. Because the key part about it is they have the same access to preparation and they don't want your process but they want the product. And so, mm, verse 29 says this. It says, <laughs> but the wise answered and saying, I love how it, it didn't say the other virgin. It said the wise, which lets you know this is wisdom, right? It says, but the wise answered saying, no. Mm-mm, no. And let me tell you guys, can I be a little transparent? That's tough for me. It's tough for me to say no. And if you've been alive for any amount of time, if you're anything like me, you have said yes at times when you shouldn't have, and it didn't help anybody. Mm. And so the Lord wants you to have wisdom in this season of increase and in this harvest season, because I don't want you to have gone through everything that you went through just to give it away. My Lord, we love you, Jesus. And so there's a wisdom. Oh, man, I'm at an increase, and I'm giving you boldness, and I'm giving you uh, even more of my spirit and revelation knowledge, and I'm, I'm giving you energy, divine energy, to carry out what I'm asking you to do. But you have to have wisdom with it. Because in that same season, people will start appearing out of nowhere asking for oil. Wait a minute. You were with me in the preparation season. Where, where's yours? And then again, if you're like me, you're just kind of, tr okay, trying to divide the oil. Okay. How much do you need? Okay. Well, um, if I give you something, will you give me something back? Will you? <laughs> and you're trying your hardest to uh, love people. But I believe the encouragement of the Lord. Listen to me. I know this is going to get a little tight. But whether it's family members or friends, they all have access to the preparation. Oh, my goodness. Whoever it is. Oh, we have to stop playing God with people. We have to let God be God. We have to let him draw them in. And I'm telling you, you're doing more of a blessing to them if you say no and encourage them in the process. We see that with the virgins. They say this. It says, but the wise answer saying no. Listen to this. Lest there should not be enough for you, for us and you. Which means even if I did give you oil. It won't be enough for you to make it through this season or me. While I'm trying to light your lamp, my, my flame is going out. Can I help somebody in here to get your flame to get back ignited? Let God help them. And you encourage them in their own oil, just like the virgins did. The Bible said that they said, 
no, we can't do it because I won't have enough for me and you. But what you can do, this is what the virgin said. I didn't say this. What you can do is you can go to the, the one that sells oil. What are they saying? Go to the source. Go to the source. Have that same process that I went through. And, and what happens is when you arrive to the harvest season, there's more of a reverence for the season. If you anoint people with your oil, they'll move in power with no reverence. They won't respect the crushing of the grape. They won't respect the crushing of the olive. And so we encourage them. Oh, God has something for you just like he has for me. And I'm believing that, whether it's my son or daughter, whether it's a family member or a friend, in this season, I have to believe for you, but I got to keep my own oil. I have just enough for me. Can I tell you what that's called? A personal encounter. You need a personal encounter with Jesus. My encounter can't do it. Pastor Lisa's encounter can't do it. We need an encounter with him personally. I can't ride off somebody else's oil. Amen. Here's the last little bit here. Mm. I feel like I'm preparing us for this season. That's kind of what this feels like. Um, and so Genesis 15. Um, I'll tell you uh, the verses, uh, verse 11, but we're going to kind of talk about it. So basically, this is where God is about to make a promise with Abram, right? And so what happens is um, the Lord says to Abram, he says, uh, you know, I'm going to give you these things. And Abram says back to the Lord, he said, I don't even have children. Like, I don't have an heir. If, if I die, my servant is going to get everything that falls. I don't have any children. The Lord says, go outside. Count the stars. You're going to have that many kids. That would have intimidated me. I got two kids, and I'm like, uh-uh. I can't handle six stars. Hold on. <laughs> and so here's a point that I want you to know. Listen to this. There's a season when God makes a promise. Watch this, guys. There's a season when God makes a promise, and before he fulfills it, you have to protect it. Oh, my goodness. There's a season when God makes a promise. I'm going to show you just one second. It's kind of cool. When God makes a promise, and before he fulfills it, you have to protect it. And so let me just walk you guys through this. Um, hold on, I lost my place. Boom. And so the Lord says, you're going to have this many children. Abram wasn't intimidated. He actually believed. The Bible says it accounted him for righteousness. Then the Lord said, I'm also going to give you land. So then Abram says, okay, if you're going to give me land, how will I know that I've inherited it? Like, can you kind of just prove it, basically? And then this is where the covenant comes in. What it is is actually a blood covenant that was very customary during this time. So God is making a covenant with Abraham just to prove he's going to do what he said. Okay? And so he tells him, he tells Abram, he says, uh, go get uh, a ram, go get a cow, go get a goat. It's a blood covenant, so it gets a little gruesome. Cut him in half, put him on either side, go get a pigeon, go get a dove. Don't cut them in half. So this blood covenant, they cut him in half, stand on either side, and the covenant customarily, you have to have both parties walk through it. And what that means is if I break my promise, then let what has happened to these animals happen to me. That's the blood covenant. And so Abram, watch this, Genesis 15 and 11. Abram cuts all the animals in half. Blood is everywhere. God has set the promise up but it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Before the promise is fulfilled, all of a sudden some vultures come. It's very interesting that, that when God makes a promise, the enemy tries to steal it. God has made a promise over my children, but, but, but before the, the fruition of that promise, the enemy tries to take them. And I love this. I love what Abram did. What Abram did was 
I love it. The Bible says the promise was God's responsibility. The protection was Abram's. So the vultures came and he had to. How many know you have to protect the promise? You have to protect the promise. So when God tells you, oh, I'm going to hear your body and doubt starts to come in. When God says that your son and daughter will be saved and they will know the Lord and you see another agenda trying to come. You have to protect the promise. Amen. When the Lord says that your marriage will honor God, but it's under attack. You have to be the one. The Bible says that they set up the sacrifice and it wasn't until the evening time, later on until nighttime before it actually happened. It was actually like consummated, the, the, the promise. All that time, Abram had to protect it. You know what that means? That means God tells you something. You can't be in every conversation of unbelief. There are some people that I cannot be around because you're not talking right. Woo! Wow! That's a little deep right there. Means I got to be intentional about getting around like-minded hearts. I have to be intentional about it. And I know you may think I'm doing too much, but I'm protecting a promise. You don't know what God has promised me, and I'm after that promise. Am I the only one in here who believes that? You don't know what God has said to me, and I know it looks like to you that I'm doing too much. Oh, but I'm protecting my wife. I'm protecting my children. I'm protecting my family. Come on in here, guys. I'm protecting what God has promised me until that promise is fulfilled. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. <laughs> wow. We love you, Father. We bless you. Have to protect the promise. Have to protect the oil. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of giving you encouragement to give people a holy no sometimes. Don't end it with no, though. Encourage them that they have their own oil waiting on them. You got your own. You ain't got to use mine. But I want to encourage us in that in that season that we're in, that harvest season, that there is something for you to fight for. Notice in the scripture, if you have time and you read in Genesis 15, the Lord does not protect the promise from the vultures. Abram does. It's his responsibility. Whose responsibility is it to protect the promise? Obviously, we know that, you know, uh, Philippians talks about that it's him both to will and to do. But God gives us insight, power. We have parental posture with our children, right? We, we, we have authority in certain areas of our life where we can make a stand. Amen. Woo. And so we have that harvest. And so here's the last part. Uh, I'm going to pray after this, uh, Pastor Lisa. That's all I really had. Um, in the season of harvest, I was reading about the wheat and the tear. And the wheat and the tear, when this is being talked about in the parable, it is really uh, illuminating that there is uh, both, um, what Jesus was saying was that there is both men and women of God who are planted, and then also men and women of the wicked one. That's good. That's a whole thing that's beautiful. But I want to use the concept and the principle of the wheat and the tear more than the story that it was directed to. So what I'm saying is there is always a time where there's wheat and tear of separation. In the season of harvest, there is always going to be separation. Watch this. You might be thinking about this person or that person. How many know that there's separation in you? There are some things that as God grows you, watch this. So the principle of the wheat and the tear is this. When wheat and tear are young, they look the same. And so I can't separate it because I don't know what I'm pulling, right? Uh, as they grow, they start to differentiate. When harvest season comes, I really know what is what. And so when harvest season comes, now there's a separation that takes place, which means there are some things that may be in your life that I allow to grow that in this season I'm calling it out. 
some things that may have been okay last season, this season I'm saying, I want that. That, that, that thing, that thing that, you know, I just kind of let happen, I want it this season. It's time. It's time. I preached that uh, uh, some weeks ago that God wants the one thing. But I'm telling you, in the season of harvest, the Lord is saying, I want that thing. Now it's time. I let it grow for a while. Let it happen for a while. But I want that. Can I pray with you today? I want to pray a very specific prayer. I want to pray a prayer that in this season of harvest, God gives us insight, wisdom, and faith that as he does the separating, the refining, as he does the crushing and the challenging and the increase, that we just yield to him. That we don't try to help him. Amen. We love you, Jesus. We love you. So, Father, thank you for each and every family in this place. Thank you, Lord God, that even as I'm talking, uh, that, that one thing is starting to raise up in some of us. Like, man, God wants that. Even while I'm talking right now, there's something being stirred in us. Like, that's what you want, Jesus. That's what you want. If God is stirring that one thing, can I ask you to raise your hand? I want to pray. Let's just designate. That's it. He's calling us deeper. Oh, God. He's calling us deeper. You've gone through the season of, of believing on him, and it took some tears, and it took some time, and now you're in a season, and he wants you to be the best steward over this season of harvest. And he's saying, you know, that, that tear has grown alongside that wheat. And though it looks like it's strong on its own, it's actually taking nutrients from the wheat. There are certain things that are taking energy from you that you're empowering. And so, Father, every hand lifted right now, every hand lifted, I ask that you touch them. Father, every hand that is lifted, I ask you, honor them, Lord. Father, it's your spirit that's ministering right now, and I thank you for it. Give us the wisdom. Give us the wisdom, Lord, to come into certain relationships, Lord. Give us the wisdom to, to walk away from certain relationships. Father, give us the wisdom and the strength to let go of certain struggles that you may have had grace for last season that you're calling for this season. We give it to you now. We give it to you now. Every bit of fear, every bit of confusion, every bit of lust and perversion, we give it to you now, Lord. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. And we replace it with your righteousness. We are now the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. That doesn't change. Continue to refine us. Continue to love on us. Continue to build us up and help us navigate this season. Holy Spirit, as you continue to lead the way, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. stand out this morning. That's so good. Thank you so much. Thank you for that word. Yeah, you guys can give it up. I know. It's kind of a quiet, we're reflecting, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. What wisdom and what conviction, you know? I was like, you gotta stop. I love that. You guys, in the current condition of my life, I just feel like the oil of gladness is for us. And there are times when I feel like I have a whole reservoir of oil. And there's times when I feel like it's really, really thin. And I was just thinking about that story where, you know, the widow doesn't have anything. She's like, you, you, I can't feed you, Elijah. You're going to have to go find your own food. Is Elijah? Anyway, how does she get her oil? 
she gives it first. There's something about it, you know. You got to break it and pour it out so you can get full again. We receive it, God. We receive your oil, your presence, your goodness, your sweetness, your healing power, your virtue, God. Your leadership and your love, your forgiveness, your passion, and your dreams. God, we take it. Help us to walk forward with enough boldness and confidence that you are who you say you are, God. And that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. We trust you. If you don't know Jesus, if you just came in here this morning and you just thought, man, what am I doing here? Oh, that's so convicting and you just want to run out of here. But don't do it. This could be the moment that marks when you cross this threshold from this life to the next and you see your maker. Will he know you and will you know him? Let's just pray like this. Pray in your heart and whisper out loud. Say it out loud if you want to. God, I need you. Would you come into my heart right now? Would you forgive me for all my past sin, every sin I'll ever commit? Would you wash me in that blood covenant this morning? Would you remove any chaff from my life, God? Would you help me to live a life that glorifies you, God? I give you my life. Have your will. Have your way in me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for coming to church this morning. If you need any kind of prayer, we're right here. If you need anything past that, I don't know. But come on up and get it. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of The Loft Podcast. If you want to be a partner with The Loft, you can give on Givelify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 10.30 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Till next time.